I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Philip Uzel is the owner of a company called Night Vision Rentals. A lot of you have probably seen Night Vision thermal pig hunting on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. But have you really thought about what Night Vision is used for? Because I had the assumption that it was probably 90% hunting. It's probably the opposite. 5 to 10% of his business, of Night Vision Rentals business, is hunting. And so I wanted to talk to Phil because he's connected in with Nate Edmondson of the Eco Defense Group. And uh, he's decided to help out. He's decided to donate night vision equipment to fight wildlife crime in South Africa, which is an amazing, amazing situation and a phenomenal um, thing that Phil is doing. A short 30 minute conversation full of information around night vision and what it's used for. I got a little worried with your text message. You're like, can I do this whilst I'm driving? I was like, no, my God. I mean, it's called a podcast for a reason. I got to have good audio. Audio as possible. Yes. But you've pulled over in a gas station, I see. It looks like a, what is it, an Exxon? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll show you. Nice one. There we go. Very nice. And where, and where are you coming to us from right now? Uh, I'm outside of, uh, Big Cabin, Oklahoma. Is that, uh, home? Oklahoma is home? Oklahoma's home, yeah. Good okay. old Oklahoma. 
Okay, born and raised, or just where the business is? Uh, that's where the business is. I'm actually from like Northwest Arkansas, where I was born, but I've spent all of my life here in Oklahoma. So you're a Razorback then? No, no, I no. Say more of a Sooner. Yeah, Sooner. Really? Yeah, yeah. I like them when they win. Cody will be impressed that I even knew that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I know my football knowledge. Well, I did because I was in the SEC for two different schools. My PhD was at Ole Miss, and I was a professor at Mississippi State University. So, yeah, and those are those are both big uh, football towns. Heck football yeah. colleges. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. No, imagine a South African arriving for the first time ever into his first whatever college football you know represents to people. And entering Oxford, Mississippi, Ole Miss, the Grove. Yeah, yeah. And this, I was like, I looked around. I was like, what is this? Like, it was pageantry, right? It was like chandeliers hanging from football tents, big screen TVs, people dressed to the nines. I was like, this is stuff what we do for sporting events at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Philip Uzel, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Glad to be here, man. Super glad. Uh, for those of the people who don't know who you are, you want to give a little bit of background to who you are and what you do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Philip. Uh, what I do is uh, I own a company called Night Vision Rentals. And we do just that. We rent night vision out. Um, we do it across the country. So whatever kit you need, whatever gear you need, we've got it. and We'll ship it directly to you. So if you needed something on the weekend, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, we ship it directly to you. You open it up, use it for the weekend, and then return it. Um, everything kind of got started because I, I saw a need. I mean, basically, I, I'm a hunter myself. My brother and I were out hunting, and we were like, man, this is like 10 years ago. We were like, wouldn't it be cool if we had some night vision? And I was like, I wonder if anyone rents it. No one rented it. So we just kind of found a need and then filled that need. And then since then, it's kind of evolved from there. My assumption when we first got started, it would be mostly hunters, um, you know, predator hunting, things like that. And that's kind of how we got started in it. But it's it's very minimal as far as hunting goes. Really? We do a lot with, yeah, we do a lot with wildlife conservation, a lot of wildlife biologists, um, a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of law enforcement, military training. Um, we do Milsim events. And What's um, a Milsim event? Milsim is military simulation. Oh, oh Milsim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And these guys are serious, and it's a pretty cool deal that they do. And they go and they put uh, games with different uh, events and uh, situations and scenarios, and they, you know, have two. I've heard about with... this. I've heard mm-hmm. about this, and people yeah, like yeah. they hire people to be actors and bad guys right. and yeah. the whole kid yeah. and caboodle, right? Yeah, they're real serious. And a friend of mine. Um, he started doing like uh, CQB training. So that close quarters training, clearing rooms and that with airsoft rifles. So you've got a guy that can go in and start that immediately without any kind of prior training. And you don't have to worry about getting shot in the back of the head by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of use for the, for the airsoft uh, things. And so we, so we, we do a lot with airsoft. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've got kind of a big arsenal that we, we work with. We do a lot of events. Uh, we work in uh, Hollywood quite a bit. Uh, we do a lot of stuff with national, Ge- national geographic discovery channel, 
Really? So our arsenal, and that, that's what I actually love about the company is, is more of who we get to work with. And we get all kinds of new stories all the time. And um, the needs for night vision um, are broad. And so it's, yeah, it's been a good business for us. You know, it's funny that, you know, I, again, I made the massive assumption that 90% of your business would have been hunting. Yeah. Um, that absolute, and it makes complete sense. I, you know, from a biologist perspective, like wildlife biologists utilizing it mm -hmm. on the range, doing night work, night counts, um, going into areas, hanging, you know, maybe coming. I could, for instance, someone in the Congo Basin, in the rainforest in the Congo Basin, sitting up on these big salt licks at night in these big mashambas, which are uh, really high platforms up off in the canopy off the mm -hmm. ground. And you're having night vision and doing animal counts and how many species came in yeah. and how, you know, how many count animals came in. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. We, we work at the company in uh, Florida that they go and they do um, a lot of wildlife research for whales and they go out at night and they do a lot of stuff with that. And we've done a lot of stuff with uh, um, for bats. I mean, obviously bat research is a big deal. And so we've, we've done a lot yeah. with that. Yeah. So, so you're telling me that you can, I can go on your website mm -hmm. and I can get kitted out like one of those crazy cool, you see on the TV, you know, US Marines going in night vision helmet, yeah. things pop down. You can, you can be as cool as you want to be. You just go over <laughs> and you swipe your credit card and we'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. Swipe your credit card. We'll make you as cool as you want to yeah, be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We've got it. And so, yeah. it's a, What's the it's learning awesome. curve on something like that, Phil? Like legitimately, like you say, my buddies and I, we're going to go coyote hunting this weekend. Yeah. We want some night vision. Are you giving them advice? Like, okay, we think you need to put this adapter onto your mm -hmm. scope. Or are you saying, no, you, you need to put the helmet and the, the, you know, the dual binos down or whatever, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, it, it always is going to always depend on the application. Um, and so my my favorite way that I hunt, if I'm hunting coyotes or pigs or whatever that is, is I'm going to have a pair of thermal binoculars. That's going to be my passive detection that I'm going to use. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have night vision. So because I like to drive okay, so with it. You, night vision to me and probably to the layman person listening to this means yeah, so I'll, many I'll different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so your your thermal is uh, that's going to sense the heat, and so when you see it, it's usually white hot or black hot. Um, so if I'm looking at a field and there's a coyote in it, everything's white, and I can see that coyote, and that coyote is is, is black in the field. Okay. And so that I I use that passive detection. A lot of guys like to hunt with a with a rifle and hunt it that way, um, with a thermal rifle. Mm. Um, my personal preference is is going to be to throw an infrared laser and so that laser can only be seen with the night vision and the night vision is just like when you see in the movies it's green or it's white uh, and it's really just kind of archaic technology there's not a whole lot to it um, essentially night vision is going to be set up where you've got your rear ocular you've got the tube and that tube essentially just runs on a, a double a battery and it uh, it collects ambient light and then you've got your front objective, your rear objective, and then that tube. And there's not much to it. And that's and then, on your rifle. Um, that, what I use with, with this scenario that I'm talking about, I'll, I'll do helmet mounted. So I'll do a pair of goggles or something like that that's helmet mounted. 
Okay. And then what I use to, to shoot with, I don't use my rifle um, objective or anything. What I'll actually use is just an infrared laser that goes on that. And the reason I do oh. that is because I'm usually, I don't, a lot of times I don't plan things out very well. And if I hunt, because I've got all this kit, I don't go on for a weekend or something. I just jump in the truck and decide to go. And so what's nice about our setup with the laser specifically is the the visible and the infrared are both slaved. And so if you just line up your your uh, daytime objective with that green laser, you can point it at a tree or a wall 50 yards away and just dial it in. You don't have to fire the weapon. At nighttime, it's going to be zeroed in as long as your existing day optic is already zeroed in. And where does so, it sit? Does it sit underneath the rifle? On top of so, the scope? 90% of the guys that are that are out there, they're going to be hunting at night. Usually we'll have an AR-15 type platform. So they'll have a Picatinny rail. And okay. so um, you you want it, you don't really want to mount it on the side. There's different people that say different things. I like to mount it straight on the front. And so it's, it's runs on your rifle. And then you've got, you've got better use for your hands on the front, but whenever you're holding everything too. So but if I you mount it on the right front, on the aren't you mounting it in front of the scope? In terms you of you when you have to zero it, when you have to zero it, though, how do you? No, because that that scope will have some type of uh, a lift on it. So it'll have some the, sort of elevation. Yeah, so you're only talking maybe uh, three quarters of an inch, one inch, the the total height of the laser. Okay. And so, again, I'm curious because I've never done it. Right, I've never, I've actually never, I've maybe looked through one set of night vision. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. I've never yeah. put. I've never stalked with night vision, nothing. So in the daytime, when you've got, when you put the laser on the gun. Yeah. Can you see it? I so thought you said you can't see it. Our, our lasers have two different, two different beams. So you have an infrared, that infrared is invisible to human eye and animal eye, but the night vision will pick it up. And then we have a visible green. And because those are slaved, as long as you, you line up your visible green, the gotcha. infrared is ready to roll at night, and you just change that setting, and you're set. And so, when you put the goggles on, the infrared looks like the movies. Does it? Is or is it a dot? It's just a dot. Yep. Yeah. And so, and how far does it gonna, shoot? It'll go. I mean, it depends on what you have. I mean, it'll go at least a thousand yards. It, it'll go way further than what you can shoot. Okay. Or should be shooting. Okay. So let me. So okay. Again, I guess I'm. I'm just again. I'm very, very curious here because at night you're not using a scope. You're just using your goggles to see a laser beam, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But typically, you use the scope to dial in when something is far away. Yeah. Three hundred yeah. yards. You know, two hundred yards, four hundred yards. You know, yeah. you need your scope to figure out, like, is my crosshairs. You don't have that, like, zooming capabilities. No, you don't. And that's the beauty of it. At night, you don't really need that. Mm. Um, you can, your average shot, I mean, if you're taking more than 150 yards, you're you're not utilizing the opportunity that you have to, to take a nice, close, ethical shot on an animal. I mean, a lot of times... I've had at this is what I love about night is I've called coyotes in and I've had them within five feet from me come from behind me, and and it's it's a really unnerving thing when you've got a predator, even though I'm not worried about getting bit or hurt, but just unexpected, 
and you've got this 45 degree angle that you're viewing through the night vision. Right. And you've got an animal that comes right, right next to you. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, there it is, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it sets up this interesting opportunity that you, you really don't get in the daytime. And what's nice about it too, is you can get away with a lot more. I mean, you can get away with a lot more movement and things like that. So if I'm kite hunting at daytime and I'm sitting out in a, in a more of an open area, you know, I can't raise up, pitch my nose or do something like that. I've got to be extremely still. And even if I'm mouth calling or something like that, even that movement is visible to the animal because he's coming in, he's dialed in at whatever that noise is and he's looking for me. Mm-hmm. But at night, it's a, it's a little bit different thing since you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that as much. Mm-hmm. So tell me, give me, again, it's just absolutely fascinating. You say you, you, you come across like cool stories all the time. Like you've talked about whales, you've talked about bats. Yes, yeah. Craziest story you've heard that you can remember that you can, of someone saying, yeah. hey, I need some night vision because. Yeah, we've had some weird stuff where like this guy with his neighbor and this whole issue and he went on for like an hour telling me, give me way too much information about how and it all started because the guy accidentally, I don't know if it's true or not, because the guy seemed crazy to me, but he said he accidentally shot his neighbor's dog. And every night his neighbor would come over and tap on his windows and, and, and just mess with his stuff. He said he cut his brakes and all this stuff. And so he needed night vision to catch his neighbor. I did not send him anything because I felt like this is a lawsuit about to happen. So yeah. That, so what happens there? Like, are ago. you liable to then? So what, what we do is we vet everything. Um, what's your use? Who are you? There's so much information online with anybody. I mean, if I wanted to find out about you, I could find out you're a pretty decent guy and you're legitimate with just a Google search. I could probably find your Facebook and your Instagram, just kind of search through everything. And so that's what we do. So we, we, we've got kind of a process that we go through. Um, and I usually, you can usually tell what, kind of person you're dealing with just with a phone call too mm-hmm. you know so I, I usually call and i'll bet something you know if there's something doesn't feel right then then i'll i'll follow up on that but we've only had a couple issues um i had an issue one time actually it was a september of this year where a guy stole a bunch of gear um and he tried to keep it and i was like i'm i'm not gonna just allow this to just to happen and so the guy was in Sacramento, so I flew from Tulsa to Sacramento and got a hold of the landlord, told him this is what's going on. And then I had a buddy in the police department over there, and then we set up a, a whole deal for a, a search. And um, the landowners let me in the house under the guise that I was a, um, a, a contractor. So I had a tape measure and a flashlight walking through the house, and I was like, there it is. That's my stuff right there. So I found everything and then uh, the guy was a convicted felon and I had pictures of guns that he had and ammo that he had and things like that. So we put the guy away and, um, but that, those are few and far between. Yeah. Um, one of the last things that we had that I felt pretty good about this lady, they were redoing her house and she had a kitten somehow get behind the drywall into this big, big space and they couldn't find it. And the kitten would meow every once in a while. And so we had some thermal and I said, yeah, I mean, you'll definitely be able to see a hotspot. So they found the kitten. The kitten had been in there for like 
almost three days. It was about to die of dehydration. And we overnighted them some kit and they found the kitten in the wall somewhere. Amazing. So, isn't that crazy? So no, I, I, remember, I, was, we, I assumed it was hunting, but it's uh, it's all over the place. No, it, it and actually, I again, I, it, because it's so like new, what you're saying to me, that makes complete sense. That you just somebody couldn't just go online. Like I can't go right and like run like right now and go, okay, I want to order this, 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 and this, and you ship it to me because yeah, yeah, there's some bad mama jammers out there that are going to be using things that aren't supposed to be using things, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if I, if I, somebody orders something and I get a funny feeling and I, I get on Facebook and I see that this guy's got swastika tattoos all over the place, I'm probably not going to send him anything. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. We, we try to vet everybody that, that comes through and, and do our very best to make for sure that what we're doing is, um, you know, we're not going to get in any kind of trouble for it either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I met you with a guy called Nathan Edmondson, who is the founder, executive director of Eco Defense Group. And um, you've done a little bit of work with, with them, right? Because you could see, to me, yeah. that is like the best thing that can be used in terms of night vision is is going after bad guys that are going off the wildlife, like big right. anti-poaching yeah. type systems. Um, tell me a little bit about that relationship and that work. Yeah, so I met Nate uh, a couple years back. We've had a great relationship. Um, he's he's done a really good job helping me out, and we've done a really good job um, getting those guys set up with. Uh, Doesn't you know, have a dry sense of humor at all, right? Yeah, no, nothing at all. No, he's he's uh, super easy to read. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great great guy, and I, I enjoy that that dry sense of humor because that's kind of how I am too. So him mm-hmm. and I can get along really well. Um. Yeah, so we we help those guys start their their night vision program or kind of kickstart it, and then we've got some cool stuff that we're doing this year. We're gonna send them over some uh, some like really really nice dual sets of goggles, um, and so there's a lot of stuff that we have to be able to do to get this stuff exported um, with the international trade arms regulations and and all that. So we've we've worked with those guys to help them out, and yeah, that's one of the that's probably the, the keystone of of what they're doing over there is is night vision i mean i don't know how much poaching happens in the daytime mm-hmm. I, I would assume most of it is at nighttime i mean that's that's the thing too is like that's when most of your animal your your active movement is is at mm-hmm. nighttime too mm-hmm. and so that's it's way easier to get away with things but now that these guys have thermal have night vision they're they're better equipped a lot of times than the poachers are so what is – talk to me a little bit about – because, again, that's that's a very difficult process to navigate because you could imagine the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. is for your night vision stuff to land up in the hands of the poachers. Yeah, yeah. So, so you talked you, about a trade. How do, So does – are you exporting it and leaving it? Like, For instance, is the material then staying in South Africa or is it almost like – you're not in the rental business then, right? No, not not at that point. This point, this is a donation thing that we we see a need. We see somebody that's doing a really good job with what they're doing over there. And we know that what we have, they need, and we can we can make a big impact by, by donating that. And so, mm-hmm. the, yeah, this is a donation thing, getting it over to these guys. And mm-hmm. so when we when we send it out, I give it to Nate, and then he's the one that 
that handles how this stuff's getting taken care of and where this stuff's going. And so mm -hmm. we know it's being utilized very well. That must be just a phenomenal um, sense of pride. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you see um, Eco Defense Group and then the strides that they're making and what they're doing and, and you know, Nate's lofty goal that he has to, to stop poaching in that, in that area in the next 10 years, I mean, that's incredible. You think like, and, and I, I see it as this is a real possibility with someone like that that's, that's heading this up. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it does. It feels great to be able to, 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 to contribute and to give back. Cause I, I mean, I, I do consider myself a, a conservationist and I do know that, you know, we've got to be stewards of, of this earth. I mean, not just in America, in South Africa, all over the world for our kids, grandkids. And, uh, I mean, I love to hunt and I want the sport to continue to grow and to continue to thrive for generations. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way to do that is to keep people that are that cause harm to the animals, to the ecosystem, and to keep that from happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you managed to go over there yet? I was supposed to go last week. I'm going to head over in a couple of weeks, I think. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Yeah, see your you'll see your kit in action, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Gosh, right. that's that, that must... that'll that'll help me out too. Is that I'll be able to kind of assess the needs too, and figure out how we can how we can help a little better. So, again, curiosity is killing me here. How are you able to get your hands on so much night vision stuff? Because is it Man, is it we've... old secondhand military spec stuff, or is this what are we talking about? No. So the way night vision works, it's a little different than than anything else. So if you told me you were a gun manufacturer. Um, I, I would believe what you did was you, you, you took everything and you, and you manufactured the, the upper receivers, the lower receivers, you did your own stock and you did everything. Um, but what most people are, are assemblers. Night mm -hmm. vision's the same way. Mm -hmm. So there's only a couple companies that create, that make the tubes. And then there's only a couple companies that make the glass. If you tell me that you, you've have your own night vision, what I'm actually hearing you say is that middle part, that housing, that's what you're creating. And so right now, especially in the night vision industry, there's there's so many companies right now trying to um, create new night vision. And what they're really doing is just creating new housings. And so now with 3D printing um, and, and, you know, and all these advances in um, in production that that happen on a, on a micro level where, you know, I can go buy a machine for, you know, one hundred thousand dollars and start processing creating my own things um that's what you're seeing happening in, in the night vision and so what what we do we have got a great relationship with with a local guy and he's fantastic and so um anytime we need anything i have these guys build it and put it all together and we've we're starting to work on our our own stuff too um new electronics in it new glass in it new housings in it and i'm excited about these housings because you know, they're not only watertight, but I mean, I've, I've watched a guy literally drive a Range Rover over the top of them. Doesn't crack anything. Mm -hmm. So this is perfect for that kind of robust situation where you don't have any hinges. It's flat. These are the hinges. That's just another point for that to break. Um, but you've, you've got something that's going to be super robust for those guys. If something drops or you, you get in the dust, you get all this elements, which are just going to happen that it's not going to fail. 
And you're and really so, talking about that thing that 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 comes yep. down that they're viewing through, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And in that housing, everything is is connected, right? You've got the tubes. You've got electronics. You said is built yeah, into that I, housing. I, well, I've again, this a, is a this is an this is an audio medium, Phil, so that whatever you're okay. showing me, nobody else can see. Well, that sounds so. Good. Show yeah. me, and I'll describe it. I'll show you, and I'll describe this. So. Here's your here's your rear objective on the backside, and then this is the housing. So this is the part that that you so it's can. It's like manufacture. a binoculars. It looks like a binocular. Right. That's what that's what this one this one is the monocular, and but you've got you'll have two different sides, so you can have a different two sides of that as well. Gotcha. Um, that'll that'll turn to like the binocular. The binocular is going to be a little better because your your depth perception yeah is so much yeah. better with the binocular side. Yeah. And so when it's a monocular, is is they're a single tube, and your and your vision is two eyes open, sort of positioned to yeah. the monocular, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, what that does, it creates a lot of eye fatigue. You, your eye starts to, you know, because you're trying to compensate with both eyes because they're both open, and it, yeah, and it starts to strain that one eye after mm -hmm. a certain period of time. That's where the mm -hmm. binoculars come in, where they're they're a lot lot better for extended use. Amazing, amazing. So you are able to buy the tubes, buy the electronics, and give it to your guy locally, and he puts it together in the housing, essentially. Yeah, yeah we assemble everything, purge everything, make sure there's the nitrogen purge so it's completely dust-free, and it's a, you know, essentially it's a perfect unit that you can submerge it and drop it and do everything with it, and it's not going to fail. Yeah. Is that pr primarily the thing that these anti-poaching units are needing uh, versus the the mount on to the, the rifle scope in the front or binoc binocular think, thermos or all of it. Yeah, I, I would say both. And that's, it goes me back. It goes back to like kind of how I was talking about how I would hunt. I would use the, the thermal for that passive detection. So if I was in a field and uh, looking and I can see, okay, so here's a body. I know that's a person there and then how to get to that person. And so for me to close in the thousand yard gap, I'm going to pull down my night vision and then pitch black. I'm going to shut off all my lights and I'm going to drive there or I'm going to walk through the bush to that mm -hmm. area. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to step on anything because I can see everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's amazing, man. It is amazing. And it's the, it is the cutting edge difference. That's going to make a difference. Just like the dogs, right? The dogs make a difference. It's just something that. Yeah. The poachers don't have, and just we need yep. all the advantage we can get. Yeah, that's exactly right. And night night vision is a huge tool, um, and it really, I don't think, just levels the playing field. I think it gives you an, a distinct advantage that you need in dealing with something like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Phil, I know I've taken up much of your time already. You're just sitting in a gas station like, you know, let's get on with it and finish it up. Um, I like these podcasts short, sharp, and to the point. And I'm sure a lot of people have taken a lot from this. I know I have in terms of just a, a little understanding on, yeah, on, on night vision specifically, right? And just yeah, the, right. all the different, all the different uses, not just hunting, because you see that all the time: night vision, pig hunting, and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the pole stars of the world and their Instagram, and watching them just mow yeah. down pigs in ag fields. <laughs> yeah. But, that doesn't that doesn't do a whole lot for 
for all the hunters when, when you mm-hmm. got anti-hunters out there watching people drive over animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't like on. those videos, for sure. <laughs> but all the other things that you talked about, like wildlife conservation, data collection, yeah. uh, people finding kittens in walls. <laughs> um, right, and yeah. then the top of, I would say the top of the pyramid is night vision for these guys that are fighting wildlife crime. Um, yeah, yeah. Would you agree? Nothing really yeah, beats no, that? I- Absolutely. I mean, I love that we got hooked up with Nate and Eco Defense Group, and they've done such a good job over there. And yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic the work they're doing, and um, we're just super happy to be part of it. Well, Philip, if anybody wants to rent some night vision from you, where can they find you? Man, you don't even have to write this email address down or web address down. It's just nightvisionrentals.com. Anybody wow, how did you manage that? to get yeah. that one? Uh, we were kind of the first to market with it, you know, so it was a new category that didn't really exist. So our biggest thing was in the beginning was telling people that this is actually a possibility. So our biggest mm-hmm. issue was obscurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then now it's become a more prevalent deal. And then we've got a good name, we've got a good reputation and, and we really try to deliver on those things. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, good luck in, in South Africa. Uh, yeah, send us send me pictures of you and Nate together, all right? Absolutely. Um, and enjoy my country. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. And I'm you're going to fall in love. And it's going to bury into your blood because there's just something Perfect. different about Africa. And you're going to be plotting your next return as soon as you get on the plane to come home. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, my man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.